Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Nate, and I'm the lead pastor here at Restoration Church, and I'm really glad that you're all here. It is uh, one of our most favorite Sundays of the year. We do it a number of times during the year, but it's Baptism Sunday, and we're going to be celebrating what Jesus has been doing in people's lives. And just thank you to all the friends and family who have come to, uh, to support and, um, and to participate in this with, um, with whoever invited you. Uh, if you have, uh, if you've never been to church before, this can seem weird, but I've got a story that will top even this morning. So if you think this morning's bizarre, listen to this story. This is a true story. So when I was a kid, we went to this, uh, there was a, a short season of our life where we went to this small church in the area, and there was about 25 people there, everybody, kids and everybody. And there was this one Sunday when I was probably seven or eight years old, and uh, these three people were in the service that I, that I had never seen before, and they disrupted the entire service. When people were singing, so they didn't have like a full band, and, uh, and, and so, you know, and it wasn't loud. Uh, but while the church was singing, the, these guys were laughing during all the songs, like laughing loud. And, uh, you know, I probably assume now that they were drunk, so they came to this morning service, 9.30 in the morning, just completely drunk. And uh, they're laughing during all the songs, they're shouting stuff uh, out loud during the service, and they're like um, raising their hands and like mimicking everybody and being funny to themselves. And, uh, and so then worship ended, and they sat down, and you think like, all right, maybe they'll settle down at this point. They didn't. They because no one was singing, there's no music, their volume was like just through the roof. So the pastor started preaching, and he kept preaching the entire time. He, like, I don't know if he was, what he, I don't know what his goal was, because I'm a pastor, um, but he just ignored him the entire time. And he never kicked him out of the service. No one ever spoke with him. Um, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. Um, that was the scariest week of church ever, even scarier than the week that they voted me as lead pastor. That was the scariest week. And so eventually, like, they, they, even, they even escalated. So while he's preaching, they're, like, shouting fake amens, and they pretend like, you know, like God struck him with lightning. And so he starts flopping back in his chair, and we could only have wished. And, um, <laughs> and, and so they're going on. So, what happened was, because there's a small church they were meeting in the storefront, behind the pastor was this big picture window. It had a curtain over it, but, but, and, then, and then to the left of the pastor was, was a glass doorway. So one of the guys, I don't know where he got this great idea, but he left the service and then went out to the glass doorway and like started dancing in the, in the mirror and then went behind the pastor because the, sun, the way the sun was hitting and he just did like the shadow dancing routine behind the thing. And the other two guys are in the service just laughing, laughing, laughing. And thankfully, eventually it was over. Um, and they, I don't re recall ever them ever coming back, but it was bizarre. It was, it was crazy. And, uh, you know, there's a Bible word for that type of person. The Bible calls that type of person a scoffer. And uh, it could be the, the Bible word for that is it was written in, uh, in Hebrew, another language. Uh, we could translate it 
And some of your Bibles might translate it, when it translates into English, as mocker as well. While any of us would ever show up in church and act that way overtly, so even if this morning you think all of this going on right now is just complete garbage, um, and um, we would never act that way overtly, but we would scoff, and, and scoffing is actually encouraging our culture in our culture. Uh, you know, that's what celebrated, that's how people act, uh, that's how people just debate, and, and you may not even know it, but, or, or maybe you do, but I mean, probably, I mean, you could be a scoffer. So I want to just look and define that a little bit, and then what we do every week is we open the Bible, and we learn from it, we talk from it, and we allow these moments every week in our service for God to completely change our life, even if we've been coming to church for a long time. We don't consider ourselves better than anybody who's ever been here before. Um, uh, and so this is what, just what we do every week. So what is a scoffer? Pastor Tim Keller says that the scoffer's behavior has two characteristics. First, he or she is marked by dogmatism. And so dogmatism is uh, uh, your point of view is the only right point of view. And, and they have a closed mind, so they're not open to hearing uh, anybody else's opinion, why anybody else came to their beliefs. They don't care about that. The scoffer never says, uh, I, I might be wrong or I was wrong. They, they will never, ever do that. And then secondly, a characteristic of a scoffer is that they show no respect for their opponents or opposing points of view. So... They're, they're not going to talk to you and hear your story and share their story. What they're going to do is uh, they're going to belittle, insult, and mock people who believe differently than them or points of view that are different than them. You maybe ex experience this. What happens is people will just simply shut down something by saying, well, that's stupid or you're stupid. And they don't, they're not going to talk about it. So you, you might be like, uh, you know what? I think the earth is flat. And then people will just say, well, that's stupid. You're stupid. And, um, uh, or you might say, I think the earth is round. And then other people are going to say, well, that's stupid. You're stupid. And they're not listening. And they're not willing to talk. And they're not willing to learn. There's always a tone of contempt. There's always a tone of disdain. And, uh, and, Pastor Tim Keller says that these two characteristics show the spiritual condition of a scoffer. And what we don't realize, because especially since it's celebrated and everybody loves to, to make memes about opposing points of view and make fun of people who, who think differently than them, um, it, it is a spiritual condition. So why does this matter to you? Why should it matter if you're a scoffer, why should you work hard to make sure that in a culture where mocking and scoffing is celebrated, that you're not, that you're not becoming that yourself? And it's this. It's, this is really the, the idea that we're going to be coming back to um, throughout, our next, uh, th throughout this time as we're, as we're preaching. The scoffer will not receive what Jesus offers. So why is this a big deal to you? Because Jesus has something to offer you. Even if you've been making fun of him, even if you think all of this is garbage, he has something to offer you. And if you 
are scoffing and mocking, you'll never receive what he's offering you. We're in this series called This Year Will Be Different, and this is our last week of this series. And we, it's, it's just been this statement of faith that we've been preaching through. You know, uh, you, you know, difficult seasons in our past, maybe last year was a tough year for you. Maybe you've just been struggling with these things. Uh, maybe it's just been a hard season. And just a statement of faith, if, I'm gonna, if I follow Jesus, if I follow Jesus every day, this year will be different. And God wants to make this year different. But if you're a scoffer, you'll never be able to pursue those things that God has for you because you'll be too busy making fun of other people who already have it. The scoffer even will try to keep you from going after what Jesus offers. You'll see some people, you know, at the end of our service, coming forward and being water baptized. And the scoffer says, what a bunch of garbage. What a bunch of baloney. I can't believe they're doing this. And then they'll elbow the person next to him, like, man, don't you ever do this. Like, this is so stupid. Can you believe they believe all of this stuff? And, and you'll, 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 like, be stuck in that. You'll want to move forward in something, that, but because other people are making fun of it, You'll never go after what Jesus has for you. In the, the last three weeks and today as well, we've been opening a book in the Bible called Proverbs. And you can open your Bibles there. We're going to be in Proverbs 21. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one for free at the Welcome Center if you ask. And then you can download the Bible app on your phone. And so then you've got it right there. Um, in this series... Solomon is writing to his sons, and one of his sons, uh, uh, Rehoboam, became king after, so definitely there's a lot of this writing and saying, all right, I'm king, you're going to become king next, so pay attention to these things. Here's the things you've got to learn, but he's also writing to all his sons, and then, and then because it's the Bible, it, he's writing to us as well. And he's giving his sons all these warnings. If you're going to go forward and achieve what God has for you, if you're going to become uh, and lead the way God wants you to. Don't go near these types of people and don't, and especially don't become these types of people. And he's writing to his son um, 17 times in Proverbs. Don't go near a scoffer. Don't become a scoffer. And I want to look at one verse because there's enough in here in this verse for us to, to, uh, to take up all of our time this morning. But it's Proverbs 21, verse number 11. And it says this. When a scoffer is punished, the simple become wise. When a wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. Three types of people Solomon talks about. First is the scoffer. Second is the simple. And you may think that those are the same people, but they're not. And the third is the wise. And Solomon is giving leadership, wisdom leadership advice to his, to his son and um, and so certainly if you're a leader in an organization, there's things here for you to, to learn. But as, just as you lead your family and as you lead yourself, um, ca capture this and understand this. He says, first, uh, he, what he's, he's given like a, a prescriptive action. He's saying, punish a scoffer. 
And then he begins to say, when you do that, here's what's going to happen. But it's implied you should punish a scoffer. And you've got to know when you punish them, they're going to hate you. They're going to mock you. They're going to attack you. And they will receive no benefit from it. And so the, we might respond like, punish a scoffer? That seems kind of harsh. Why would you punish someone? You know, when you have a puppy, and people do, people have puppies, uh, uh, I guess you probably know that. But when you have a puppy, <laughs> uh, you have to teach it. And you spend a lot of time teaching that puppy not to bite. You don't waste your time, though, training a mosquito to stop biting. And what Solomon's saying here is a scoffer, they're, you know, they're going to learn, they're going to learn about as much as a mosquito is going to learn here. And when a, when a mosquito lands on you, you kill it, you punish it. And, you, you know, it's just a mosquito, no big deal. And, 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 you know, you could be like the greatest insect and, and uh, insect protector in the world. Like you just love bugs, you never kill them. But a mosquito, really, it's a matter of life and death. One bite could be a matter of life and death for you. Mosquitoes cause more disease and death than any other creature. So they spread malaria, yellow fever, Zika, West Nile, dengue fever. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this next one. Filariasis, and then several forms of encephalitis. That's all from a little mosquito. Uh, every year, 700 million people contract a disease from a mosquito, and over one million people a year die from a bite of a little mosquito. And there is, there is a danger of allowing yourself to be around a scoffer because they're going to keep you from everything that Jesus has for you. A scoffer leads people away from Jesus, and that's worse the malaria, that's worse than anything. So in other places in Proverbs, Solomon says, punish a scoffer by telling them not to come back. And probably, you know, if I think about myself as a pastor and I think about that situation when I was in, when I was a kid, probably that pastor should have stopped the service and asked those people to leave. And this is where people would say, well, that's not very Christian. That's not very loving. But if there's like a mosquito in your, in your tent, it's disrupting everybody else from being able to hear, from being able to receive. And then Solomon begins to, um, to help us to understand why it's so important. And he says, when you punish the scoffer, the simple will benefit. The simple are the people who follow the crowd. You know, they're just going to follow whatever popular opinion is. And... When the scoffer is punished, it says the, the simple become wise. They learn something. The scoffer is not ever able to learn, but the simple who's just simply following the scoffer, they learn something when the scoffer is punished, and they begin to recognize, I probably shouldn't do that. And most of us are more simple than we'd like to admit. We just follow the crowd, and so, it, you know, when you're in a service, if people raise their hands, well, you raise your hands. But if no one else is raising their hand, as much as you may want to, you don't raise your hand. 
You may be a teenager and you bring your Bible to school, but you never take out your Bible at school unless the kid next to you, maybe if he takes out his Bible, then you will as well. You, um, you know, you never talk about faith at your workplace. You're just not going to, uh, but unless someone else talks about it, then at that point, you kind of have the courage to do that. This is, this is, um, this is a common, and that might be you. And so when a leader punishes a scoffer, you benefit. So let me, let me talk about this. You know, we've got a bunch of college students and uh, a bunch of high school students here and, and at all of our services. If you're in a classroom setting and there's a teacher mocking Christianity, scoffing Christianity, scoffing Christians, making fun of Jesus, I mean, it, which happens all the time. My, one of my sons dealt with that in first grade. You, if you have a teacher doing that, you should say something. I mean, you don't have to attack the teacher, but you should just raise your hand and say like, oh, actually, I'm one, of the, I'm one of the people that you're making fun of right now. Yeah, Jesus changed my life. Because you should correct that person who's doing that because there's an entire classroom of people who are going to follow that teacher until you say something. When you just say something like, oh, actually, yeah, I really do believe all that stuff. Yeah, I go to church every week. I love my church. Yeah, Jesus changed my life. It was a miracle. I can't even, I don't even have the time right now to interrupt your class to explain it. Like, he changed my life. And then the teacher is going to mock you and make fun of you right there. But, but there's going to be other people in the room who come to you after, who may come to you years after and say, you go to, where do you go to church? I've been wanting to go to church. You believe in God? I have a lot of questions about God. And they never would have had the courage to ask Otherwise, they just would have followed what the teacher said, like, oh, yeah, stupid Christian people. And, but you know your life's been changed. Do you, you, which we've, what we realize, people who believe and follow Jesus, um, people's eternities, eternities are at stake. This is a big deal. Like, you tell us to, you, like, you should keep your faith quiet, you shouldn't share your faith. Well, for us, people's eternities are at stake. That's a big deal. They have an opportunity to experience heaven or to experience hell. We really believe that. And we, you, you, despite w what you think, like we want everybody to go to hell. At this church, that's not how we are. We want everybody to know Jesus, we want everybody to experience heaven. And so we've got to say something. You, w there's a responsibility to punish the scoffer. There's a responsibility to, to be a leader and to give people who just follow the crowd the opportunity to hear about Jesus and make a decision to follow him. And then the third group of people he talks about are the wise. The wise man seems to be the exact opposite of the scoffer. He loves wisdom. He appreciates instruction. He even appreciates correction. So, you know, if you're, if you're uh, an employer and you've ever had to correct an employee, there's the one employee who is like, I never did that. And there's the other employee who says, um, and sometimes even ask for feedback, like, hey, is there anything I can do to do better? Is this, you know, and they're, and they're trying to receive that because they, they want to learn, they want to get better, they want to, um, they want to serve you well. And so, you know, when we're hiring here at the church, whether it's for a staff position or even when we're looking at moving one of our volunteers into a, 
uh, leadership position, this is the type of person we're looking for. And you'll, you'll hear us, we express this a lot, people who are teachable and correctable. Because the scoffer is going to tell you they're teachable, but they only care about being taught things that, that they already believe are true. And so, uh, but teachable and correctable. Because that correctable, that's the hard part of learning. That's the hard part. And because they are teachable and correctable, because people have that, then, then they have an ability to teach and correct me. And to teach and correct each other. Because no one is offended by that. We're all looking to get better. We're all looking to become more like Jesus. We're all looking to, uh, to help the church get better. We're all looking to serve you better. And so it's just this, this uh, you know, iron sharpening iron that we, we bring the best out of each other and we are able to speak truth to each other. So the wise person... They're in a place to receive what Jesus offers. Because sometimes he offers correction and conviction. And they respond to that and they're able to receive what he has. And then here's like this amazing part of it. They're able to receive what Jesus offers and then they receive even more. And the guy who wrote the verse we just read, Solomon, I mean, he's the, he's the greatest, ex, greatest example of this. When his father died and he was to be king... God gave him the option, hey, listen, if you ask for anything right now, you're a new king, you ask for anything, I'm going to give it to you. And Solomon responded, give me wisdom to lead your people. And so God responded to him in First Chronicles, and he said, listen, because you're asking for wisdom and knowledge, and you could have asked for anything, you could ask for money, you could ask for more land. But because you ask for wisdom, verse number 12, I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings who ever, none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. So you ask for wisdom. So I'm going to give you wisdom plus any, everything else you could have asked for. So what you begin to see, the wise person, they don't just receive one thing from Jesus, they receive every, even more. So the wise person doesn't just receive a spouse, but they receive a marriage and a relationship. The wise person doesn't just receive finances, but they receive the ability to be generous. The, the wise person doesn't just receive salvation, but they receive a testimony. The wise person doesn't just receive forgiveness, but they receive freedom. The wise person just, doesn't just say, I did something wrong, forgive me, I feel bad. But the wise person then receives freedom from those things they don't want to do anymore. The scoffer will not receive any of that. They won't receive any of what Jesus offers. Um, two years ago, the last two years at summer camp, so uh, myself and the staff and a bunch of leaders here, we help volunteer at a summer camp for kids and teenagers every year. So if your kids and teenagers have never gone to summer camp with us, it's in June. It's amazing. They, you know, you should make them go. Um, so 2016, summer of 2016, there's these two teenagers there, and I'm, I'm, I'm watching them uh, every service. I'm sitting in the back, and they're mocking. We, there's a, like a church service every night for teenagers, and they're mocking every service. So when 
kids are worshiping, they're in their seats with their arm, arms crossed, like pointing at different kids and making fun of them. And then when people are going up at the end and they're being prayed for, they're like laughing about it and chit-chatting and like, you, you know, a quieter version of those guys who came to the church 30 years ago. And last year, they, these two brothers came again and one's 18 and one's now 16 and they're, immediately there's a little bit of a difference in them because they talk to me when they show up at camp. And so, you know, uh, and, and so, like, I realized something is different in these guys. I wonder what it will look like. And so the first couple nights at camp, they're really responding the same way. I mean, instead of, like, you know, they're not disrupting service as much again, but they're just standing there with their arms crossed and they're not participating. They're just watching. By the end of the week, kind of the older brother, who seems to be the ringleader, he actually goes up for prayer uh, a, a couple nights. And, and, um, and the younger brother who's 16, he kind of participates, but, but, he, but not as much as you knew he wanted to. And as I think about that, those guys, um, you know, that older brother who kind of led this group of friends and scoffing and making fun of it, he led his friends away from what Jesus had for them in those couple of years. And um, this, a couple of months ago, I think maybe in November, I was talking with these guys' grandfather. And I was surprised when the grandfather told me that the younger brother, who's 16 years old, out of all of his grandkids, he's the one who's most interested in Jesus. He's the one who'll call up his grandfather and ask for prayer. He's the one who'll, he'll, he'll talk with his grandfather about church and Jesus. And, um, and I was just surprised because he's not engaged at summer camp. And because he's been hanging out with a scoffer, his older brother and his older brother's friends, he's missed out of what he's wanted most. Because he obviously in calling his grandfather and and praying with his grandfather and talking about the Bible, like he wants this. But the scoffer kept him out of two years of just these amazing experiences that would have changed his life. In his scoffing, he missed out of what he wanted most. Listen, in your scoffing, you may miss out on what you want most. You may miss out on what you need most. Because there's something like deep in your heart or deep in your mind that's thinking, this is probably what I, meet, uh, what I need, but then immediately you're talking yourself out of it. Like, why would I ever need to be brainwashed? Why would I ever want to be a part of church? That's not the type of person I would ever want to become. You want to come forward and be prayed for, but then you don't. You want to be water baptized, but you think, well, I, you know, people are, my family is going to make fun of me. Or, I've been a Christian for so long, the church is going to make fun of me. You want to give and be generous, but, you know, if people find out, they're going to, you, you, you're giving your money to a church, like, are you an idiot? You're, they just want your money. They're just trying to take advantage of you. You want to step out in faith, listen, go for it. Jesus is offering you something, go for it. Don't let others 
Don't let their scoffing keep you from what you want and what you need, Jesus. Instead, surround yourself with people who are going the direction you want. If that 16-year-old boy would have sat in the other side of the, uh, of the room they had camp in, if he would have sat on the other side, everything would have been different for him. Surround yourself with people who are going the direction you want. You, you want to lose weight? Hang out with people who work out. You, you want to um, follow Jesus? Hang out with people who read their Bible. You want to, you know, hang out with people who pray. Like, think about who you're surrounding yourself with. You want to save money? Hang out with people who save their money. Like, not with people who overdraft their bank account. Just think about, like, who you're, who you're with is who, who you're going to become. Because, not, because most of us, we're those simple people. We're just going to kind of go in the in the path of where everyone else is going. I want to take a moment and pray for you. If you'll just close your eyes. If you've never been in church before, uh, we just close your eyes um, to help us reflect on what, uh, what God wants to say and do. So not because um, anything weird is going to happen. Um, I want to pray for you. And... You may be someone and maybe you recognize you're a scoffer. You just sit in service with your arms crossed, making fun of everything that's happening. And we just, you know, if you recognize that and you don't want to be that, you just ask Jesus to forgive you right now and you, you ask him to change you right now. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You've wanted to. You've kind of always believed, but you've never just made the decision I'm going to follow him because of maybe what your spouse will say or your friends will say. Right now, make that decision. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And this is not like, you know, you can change this into your own words, but just to help you get the idea. And so you can pray something like this. You can whisper it where you are. You can write it down and pray it later. but, But pray this, Jesus, I give you my life today. I'm not going to let anything keep me or anybody keep me from you anymore. I know I need you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to save me. I need you to change me. I ask you to be my God. And I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. And that moment changes everything. As you keep your eyes closed, I just want you to just begin to, just begin to reflect and think about what God is talking to you about what he's wanting to do in your life right now. And if you want this year to be different, you can't sit back making fun of everything, criticizing everything. You can't just keep making fun of every diet. You can't keep making fun of people who go to the gym. You you can't know better than every doctor. You can't just keep making fun of people who pray at church and people who are excited about Jesus. You just can't keep scoffing at everything. You've got to go after those things that you want. The band's going to sing for just one minute and then I'll come back up. But this time, you take between you and right now to talk to Jesus about what you need and what you're after. I'm just going to pray right now. Jesus, 
Your love is so great. It's amazing how you change lives. You change families. You change futures. Man, I just thank you for being here in this moment, for being with us today. And I thank you that you are not confined to this time, to this time schedule. You're not confined to this building. That's we, when, man, when we leave this place, you are with us and you're pursuing us and you never stop loving us. Just thank you and we'll praise you. Pray this all in Jesus' name.